because community is something we create by sharing. Sharing our common interests. Sharing what we have. Sharing our hope for the future. Because we all need a place where we can feel safe and be loved. Because the challenges in Winnipeg are not impossible to solve and we must come together to solve them. Today on Because Radio, the Manitowabi Festival celebrates Indigenous music through the Indigenous Music Conference and Indigenous Music Awards. Youth in Philanthropy celebrates another year of giving. This week's Winnipeg impact maker Yoko Chapman is making an impact in our community through publications. And this week's foundation feature is a preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect featuring radio host and mental health advocate Ace Burpee. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio, Episode 3. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Promolo. How are you doing this weekend, Rob? I'm doing well, thanks, Sonny. How are you? Good, good. So we have a lot to look forward to this week. We do. Today's episode is themed around community. And uh, I think we've got a pretty great lineup of stories that really exemplify community this week. We've got stories about Youth and Philanthropy, which is a program through the Winnipeg Foundation. We'll learn a little bit more about that. Um, your Winnipeg Impact Maker is helping the community through some publications, and we'll learn more uh, later on in the show as well. And then, of course, Because and Effect this week with Ace Burpee, who you know is always out there supporting various causes, very well-known in the community for lending his support to important causes. So it'll be interesting to hear his insights as well. And uh, to start things off today on Because Radio, the 14th annual Manitowabi Festival will begin on Wednesday, May 15th, and Manitowabi celebrates and honors Indigenous arts, culture, and heritage. There's a variety of events that are happening from May 15th to May 19th, including the Manitowabi Powwow on Saturday and Sunday. And today on the show, we'll be talking about two events, part of the festival, that celebrate Indigenous music and help provide professional development and networking opportunities for Indigenous artists. I'll be speaking with Jackie Black, the manager of the Indigenous Music Awards and Indigenous Music Conference, to learn more right here on Because Radio. Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Jackie Black. She's the manager for the Indigenous Music Awards and Indigenous Music Conference, which is taking place as part of the Manitowabi Festival. Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. First, let's talk about the Indigenous Music Conference that's happening on the 16th and 17th of May at the RBC Convention Centre. Give us a bit of an introduction to the conference and what kind of programming it involves. It's actually uh, quite new programming, new meaning this, is, this will be our fourth year having the Indigenous Music Conference. And what we found is that, you know, it's, it's part of the Indigenous Music Program, which includes the Indigenous Music Awards. But what we wanted to offer is programming to artists, you know, because we do celebrate them at the awards, but we also want to help them, you know, with career building and giving them the opportunity to be able to meet with industry professionals and, you know, talk about a number of topics. 
for marketing, recording, publishing, you know, all of those topics that help artists in an industry that can be very tough and very hard to break into, especially, you know, in smaller communities, it's, it's very difficult to have the opportunity to meet with certain people. So what we do is we bring in different professionals from across Canada for two days to meet with artists in group settings and then uh, one-on-one meetings as well. So we found that it's been very invaluable to the artists that, that are able to come in. It's free of charge. And one of the great things is Winnipeg Foundation is one of our sponsors as well for the Indigenous Music Conference, which is a great help. You mentioned briefly some of the topics that are discussed at the conference. Tell us why events like these and having discussions, mentorships, and networking are important for emerging artists. It's important, I think, not just for emerging artists, but artists on every level, because it's so, like, the industry is so intricate, and it's very hard to, there's so many different working parts to being an artist. There's your creativity, but then there's also the business aspect of it. So I think... There's more so of the business aspect in the music conference, as well as getting to meet other artists. And we've had people collaborate or meet labels. And it's just really important to help the artist because it can be very daunting to go into that world. So it's for guidance to help them along and make, you know, a business plan and make a plan for how they see their career playing out. Who are some of the panelists and guest speakers and mentors taking part in the conference this year? So different facilitators or panelists that we have. We have both because the way that the schedule works is Thursday, which is May 16th, is a full day with roundtable meetings, meaning we have a different industry professional at a table that can sit with 10 artists. And so they have 45 minutes to talk and then they move tables throughout the day. And then on the second day, which is May 17th, we have one-on-one meetings. So then the artist can actually have a more intimate conversation with whichever professional that they sign up to meet with. And so in the past and this year, too, we have facilitators from SiriusXM, Manitoba Film and Music, Factor, different labels like Peccan Entertainment, and different people who work in marketing as well because... As you know, like social media, it's one of the major ways that artists reach out to new audience and their fans. So we have uh, marketing professionals who come in as well. And in the past, we've had some people from the Maori Music Awards, so we try to bring in international people as well. So we have a really good mix. And festival, we've had involvement from Festival de Voyager or the Folk Fest. And so we try to give it like a really, a really good mix so that the artists get a chance to meet with all these different people who work in the industry. What kind of feedback have you heard from artists who have attended in the past and are having a greater progression in their career, thanks in part to what they've gained from the conference? We've got nothing but great feedback, not only from the artist participants, but from the facilitators as well, because there's that whole group as Indigenous people that are untapped as far as their creativity. And again, it is a business, and a lot of the facilitators are very happy to meet with artists, you know, they may have not had a chance to meet with before. For example, Sirius XM, they broadcast a lot of Indigenous artists. And so this is a chance as well to open that up to them. And the artists, like I said, just really good feedback. And each year we grow, we bring in new people. And it's just been, since we started this, it's been, we've heard nothing but good things. And I, I know a lot of artists appreciate that. And it's very difficult because 
you know, a lot of music conferences do have a fee, and that's, you know, if you've got to travel and then there's a fee. But because we are able, because of sponsorship, like from the Winnipeg Foundation, we're able to offer this for free to the artists, which is, which is really great for them. The Indigenous Music Conference happens May 16th and 17th at the RBC Convention Centre, and then happening on the evening of May 17th at the Club Regent Event Centre are the Indigenous Music Awards. Tell us a bit about the awards and the categories that are part of the ceremony. The Indigenous Music Awards, it's our 14th year, and the years have just flown by, <laughs> because I started from the beginning in 2006 with the festival, so... So in our 14th year, we have 19 categories and in all different genres as any other music awards like the Junos or Breakout West. You know, we have country, we have blues, folk. So it's encompassing all genres with Indigenous artists, performers and songwriters. Yeah, and over the years, we've had thousands of submissions. There's just so much talent out there in the Indigenous people world and in communities. And every year we have new people submitting and new artists and so there's 19 categories, but there's also a Lifetime Achievement Award category. And so what what happens that evening is it's a big celebration. Um, and this year we have over 60 nominees who will be attending. And we roll out the red carpet. We we have an actual red carpet. <laughs> and we have a you know reception and then the awards and performance. And, you know, it's just a really good vibe because everybody's really happy and all there to celebrate with each other. Who will be performing at the Indigenous Music Awards this year? So we have Kaylee Cardinal, and she's a nominee for Best Radio Single. So she'll be in town. As well as we have some locals, we have Don Amaro, who I'm sure you've probably heard of. And he's a nominee, and um, as well as Helen Back, he's a hip-hop artist, and he's a nominee. So there's that's a few of the artists that will be performing. And we're going to have Laura Grizzly-Claus, who is also a nominee, and she's going to be doing, and I've never seen this before, so I'm really looking forward to it, but she does something called a bear dance that will open the show. So it sounds really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. With the awards now in their 14th year, can you speak to the growth of the event over time? We always have a great number of submissions, close to 200 each year. It fluctuates a little bit, but it all depends on when people are releasing their albums, right? Because we have our rules as far as eligibility goes for releasing, but yet we're usually close to 200 submissions a year, and which is a big a task because... Um, for industry voters because there's such great music out there. And so we have a, a, an industry voting list that these people go in, they're industry music professionals. So they go in and vote on all of these categories and, and listen to this great music. But I can't imagine, you know, it must be tough at times because there's just so much, so much great music out there and creativity. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? The conference and the awards are part of the bigger festival, which is the Manitowoc Festival, which we kick off on May 15th at the Forks. And that includes other programming as well. You know, we have a Youth Education Day, and we have a two-day powwow, which is also at the RBC Convention Center. So we have a lot of great programming, which attracts local and people and visitors from across North America, or, you know, we call it Turtle Island, that come into town just, you know, not only for the awards, but for the, for all of the programming and the powwow. And it's, it's a really good experience. And we always want to make sure that people know that we're inclusive. Someone may feel like they want to come, but, they, you know, they haven't been before. But, we just, you know, we want to extend that welcome to everybody to, you know, to come in and attend the events. Absolutely. There's so many wonderful events happening the weekend of Manitowabi. And 
Like you mentioned, it's a big celebration of all kinds of indigenous arts. There's an indigenous film panel taking place. There's the powwow happening on Saturday and Sunday. There's lots and lots going There's on. There's lots going on. Yes, absolutely. And everybody is welcome. Wonderful. So if people would like to learn more about any of the events part of this year's Manitowabi Festival, where can they go to find more information? Yeah, so all that information you, you want to find on the Manitowabi Festival is at www.manitowabi.com. Great. So manitowabi.com and indigenousmusicawards.com are the websites. I've been speaking with Jackie Black, the manager for the Indigenous Music Awards and Indigenous Music Conference, taking place as part of the Manitowabi Festival from May 15th to 19th. Jackie, thank you again for speaking with me today. Thank you so much, Robert. Thanks, Robert. Up next, we'll hear from a former Foundation Youth Engagement Coordinator who now works for OCOMI, a youth and philanthropy grantee organization, and two yippers about the Foundation's annual youth and philanthropy celebration called Sustain to Gain and their thoughts on the YIP program. This week's Foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on community. I was at the Winnipeg Foundation's annual celebration called Sustain to Gain. While there, I spoke with Tolu Ilela Boye, former youth engagement coordinator for the foundation, now secretary of the board for the African Communities of Manitoba, otherwise known as ECOMI. We got to hear about her experience working with youth from a grantee organization perspective and her hopes for the future of the YIP program. I'm here today at Sustain to Gain YIP Celebration with Tolu Ile Laboye, who is a board secretary for ACOMI. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be back. <laughs> so you used to be the youth engagement coordinator, and now you're on the other side of things. So talk about like the difference from being on the Winnipeg Foundation side, now on the other one. Yeah, I mean, I think they go so hand in hand and they're so interconnected. When you're on the foundation side of things, you kind of get this top-down view of what's going on on the ground. And it really gave me a really great bird's eyes perspective in terms of what do I actually want to do when I when I ended up eventually leaving the foundation um, for other reasons. So when I got down to the ground level, I guess, back to the grassroots level, saying how do I want to kind of build up what's happening as opposed to kind of looking at it from the top down, how do I build back up? So it's giving, I, I've had the opportunity to give from both sides and it's been been really really fruitful to kind of see how you can engage for example young people from from the perspective of the foundation but also re-engage those young people when you're on the ground at those grassroots organizations I think you know organizations know what I mean the foundation has so much knowledge in terms of what is actually happening which organizations are are doing the work on the ground but I also really think that the organizations on the ground are so collaborative that when you actually go to those organizations saying hey you know what other organizations are you working with? Which other ways are you connecting? Who else could we connect with that does similar work to you that we can continue to expand our horizons and our knowledge within our er this area? So I know, for example, today we just chose at this event, at the YIP celebration, we just chose environment and sustained, or environment and animal welfare as the key areas. But you know, just because an organization isn't directly working with environment and animal welfare, it doesn't mean that they're not connected to organizations like that. So going out, researching that, talking to those organizations and finding out what they're doing on the ground. What is your hope for the YIP program going forward, being on this side of things now? Yeah, I really do hope that it continues going first and foremost. I mean, I don't think that's different than when I was there and what, what's happening now. I also love how much diversity is seen in the program, not only, um, you know, 
cultural and ethnic diversity, but also diversity within the grants that are being made. It seems like there's more thoughts going, or more thought going into it. And also because I think the the organizations and the foundations doing a better job of bringing, bringing awareness of what's going on in the city of Winnipeg. I hope that really does continue to happen. I also do obviously hope that young people continue to connect with ACOMI and connect with organizations like ours who are trying to bring more cultural awareness to our city. So I think that, you know, just continuing the program and continuing to grow the program and diversify the program will be um, some things that I hope to continue to see in the future for the program. So for those that aren't aware of the YIP program, what is it that you want to say to them? If you're not a part of it right now, get involved. If your young people aren't a part of it right now, get involved. I was just talking to two of my colleagues who are here with Akomi, and we're talking about how in high school, we didn't know this existed, and now we're saying 14 years after high school, Gah, someone didn't inform me, but it was my own fault for not seeking these things out. So go out, look for it. The information's all out there. It's a digital age. There's no excuses to not find it. Get involved. It's really and so important, and I know it's really helped to develop me as a person and continue to develop my opportunities going forward in my career and my volunteer opportunities. So find, it, figure it out, get involved, find an organization you love with, and connect with them. Thank you, Tola. Yeah, thanks so much, Sunny. I also had the opportunity to speak with Isaac and Ria, Yippers from Dakota and St. John's Ravenscourt, about their experience in the program. Well, a little bit about myself. I'm from Kenya. I haven't been in Canada a year yet. I've only been here around six months. And I joined the YIP community on a whim. I was lucky enough to visit International Refugee Community, Literacy Walks, and the Kidney Foundation. And it was kind of a surreal experience, seeing as how Canada, being in the first world, is, you know, this amazing country of opportunity. And just seeing how it has its own problems and how uh, the people of Canada take initiatives and how the people in these organizations take the initiative to solve the problems, painting the community in their own uh, unique way. And it was really fascinating being from a country where that's not the norm. I also want to do what I can to help as much as I may not be Canadian. But, you know, just seeing others with the same mindset of trying to help in any way possible with the opportunities they have is uh, really fascinating and exciting. This is my first year doing this and I actually visited four different sites and learned a lot about each one of them and they're all so different but they all have that end goal of making the community better and it's just really inspiring to see the people who have basically dedicated their whole lives to making a huge difference. One thing I will take away is that in this world when you know people are very absorbed into kind of what's going on in school and just sticking to themselves not really caring about others I think it's important that you go on these site visits and you understand things that are important in Winnipeg from a different perspective and I think I'll always remember these experiences and probably do more site visits in the future. The youth and philanthropy experience to me was an experience where I was able to step out of my comfort zone to admire others who have made a big difference in the community and that got me inspired to make a change by volunteering or doing something by myself. This year, approximately 450 students from 27 schools and three organizations have allocated more than $150,000 in grants to local charitable organizations. Since its inception 20 years ago, the YIP program has granted more than $1.8 million to the community. For more information on the YIP program, visit the Winnipeg Foundation's website, wpgfdn.org. This is Sunny Promolo, and you're listening to Because Radio.
Thanks, Sonny. Each week on Because Radio, we feature impact makers in our community. This week's Winnipeg impact maker is Yoko Chapman, Principal and Creative Director of Aoko Design, and we'll find out how her publications are making a difference in our community later on in the show. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Promolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with Yoko Chapman, Principal and Creative Director of Yoko Design, a Winnipeg-based design studio that places an importance on the growth and support of local businesses here in Winnipeg. Thanks for coming on Because Radio. Thank you very much. To get started, can you give us a little history on how Ayoko Design came to be? Sure. Well, this is my 20th year in business, so it's kind of a special year. In 1999, I literally started working out of my home as a basement Betty, uh, hand-making wedding stationery, and that was before we really had the, the equipment or the printers or the software to design things like we have now. But uh, I, I did that for several years, and um, that evolved into me uh, creating two eco-friendly wedding stationery lines. And um, at a certain point, I decided that that was becoming a lot of work to manage the stock and inventory of, of printing and such. So I decided to sort of go back to the graphic design direction and from there my business has grown in a lot of different ways. 20 years that's an amazing milestone. Yeah it really is and it's hard to believe all the different things that we have done under the umbrella of Yoko Design. So um, there have been several different brands for products and um, today we have a new one that I'd like to talk about. Yoko does a lot of things from branding, publishing, design, web, print and just last year I believe you added commercial and residential design services. Uh, can you describe to us what makes Ayoko Design a unique experience? Well I think for our clients uh, the key is that they come to us as a resource. They're they're all business owners themselves and they recognize that we have the same experiences they do. They can relate to us. We are business owners too. So uh, all of the services that we provide are related to marketing and promoting local businesses. So all of the publications that we have created have had that focus historically where we promote Winnipeg's creative community. And there's just so much here to work with that um, I just feel like we're exploding with ideas right now. One of the great things about Ayoko Design is your support for the community. I'd like to talk about one of your projects, a publication called Down to Earth. What was the idea or concept behind Down to Earth? And can you share with us how you got involved with Winnipeg Harvest? Yes, well, uh, two friends of mine who've been very instrumental in uh, getting me involved um, with working with different charities and not-for-profit organizations are Henny Corn and Joyce Berry. Several years ago, they approached me to help them start up a new uh, charity they were working on called Floral Philanthropy, where they donate flowers left over from events to people in care homes and hospitals. So I helped them sort of with some of their technical requirements, setting up website and such at that point, and they really opened my eyes to the possibility of incorporating philanthropic 
components to my day-to-day business operations. So it just so happens as well that Joyce and Henny also were instrumental in starting up the Crafted Show and Sale at the Winnipeg Art Gallery a few years ago. And since they've moved on from being chairs, I have been the chair uh, last year and this year. So last year, my conversations with the WAG, uh, with Sherry Van Wendt, she is the um, shop manager uh, uh, and manages the retail operations at the WAG, Uh, We came up with the idea somehow to create a cookbook featuring local chefs and um, culinary professionals and partnering them with local ceramic artists to create a soup recipe that uh, was a reflection of of their work. So um, now we have this down-to-earth cookbook, which has been an amazing success. We're doing another one again this year for the Crafted Show in November, and um, this project has also been very influential for me going forward. So what has the support been like from the community? Like, how many cookbooks did you sell? Well, we printed 10,000. There's a lot still out in circulation right now, but we have, I would say, sold about 8,000 of them. We sold over half of them within the first couple weeks. People were expecting them and were excited to see them when they got them, and it was a, a great price point, and before the holidays was a good time to purchase them as gifts for people so they'd come back and, and buy more. So I think... We have a bit of a following now, so people will be excited to see this year's issue. And um, yeah, we've already started working on that. So how much would you say was actually provided to Winnipeg Harvest for this project? Well, so far we have technically donated $10,000 as a result of the sales proceeds generated with this cookbook. there definitely will be more to come. This is not the end. We still have cookbooks out there. And we're basically at the point where we've paid off all of our expenses for, for production. And now everything that comes in is profit. And Winnipeg Harvest will get to see that. So um, we've donated uh, over $12,000 in total to Winnipeg Harvest. That it, the Down to Earth combined with our A-Designed magazine um, worked out to that. But going forward, we have bigger plans. Speaking of bigger plans, this September you'll be publishing a new series of magazines inspired by Down to Earth called Anthology, a project which will support Habitat for Humanity, the Canadian Mental Health Association, and Humane Society. Can you give us an idea of what to expect with these issues and what the thought process was behind them? The key to our success with Down to Earth was community collaboration with um, you know, different businesses, artists, people who make handmade goods. We've had so much support from our community, and I guess you know it's help, helpful we're supporting them, but they've also been really great to help us sell the magazines and spread the word. Um, so, yeah, the four issues that are coming out for September, um, we will have a home and garden issue that will sort of have a back-to-nature theme. We will have a uh, people and pets issue, which will be... Uh, called Fashion Unleashed, and that will feature the work of local fashion designers um, and will present a bit of a challenge to them to uh, come up with some innovative ways to design their clothing in an animal-friendly way. So um, we'll have to look at some creative alternatives. There's lots of great fibers out there, so it should be interesting. And obviously, um, I think we can have a a great sort of organic feel with that one. And then uh, we have another book called um, 
It is our health and leisure issue, which is family, friends, food, and fun. And basically that one uh, is intended to help support or encourage families and friends to spend time together, people of all ages to take part in activities that basically brings people together and that supports good mental health and wellness overall. So there's a there's a common thread with all of our issues. They are all related, but each one will, will support a different charity directly. And then of course we have the Down to Earth Cookbook, which uh, is a special issue. It's a little bit different from the format of the others and uh, it will support Winnipeg Harvest and the Winnipeg Art Gallery. How did you choose what causes to support and why were these particular organizations close to your heart? Well, initially with Winnipeg Harvest, it seemed like um, my sort of instant go-to, having food is a basic human right. And uh, I have two teenagers who are quite privileged, like most teenagers in Winnipeg uh, can be these days. So I really wanted to have an opportunity for them to see and to get involved with the charity themselves, just, um, you know, what it can be like for other people. And ultimately, you know, my kids were at the forefront when I was thinking about how this could have an impact on my life and was a strong motivating force. But ultimately, the thought that we could potentially give thousands of dollars to an amazing uh, charity like this was a dream, really. <laughs> well, Yoko, it was really great chatting with you today. Is there anything you would like to add and how can people find you? Yeah, well, uh, we will be pre-selling issues on our website shortly. So our website is anthology.ca and we're spelling anthology A-N-T-H-O-L-O-G-I-E. So that's something that we, we have to sort of get everyone familiar with, but uh, you can purchase them online. We've been selling our our magazines at McNally Robinson Booksellers at Grant Park Mall and there are lots of other locations listed on our website too. I really appreciate this today so thank you to Yoko Chapman for sharing her story of impact. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city you can DM us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474 extension 360. Again that's 204-944-9474 extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. I'm Sunny Pomolo for Because Radio. Thanks, Sonny. Coming up next, Nolan Bicknell will join us to share a preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect with Ace Burpee. Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Robert Zirk, and I'm now joined in studio by Nolan Bicknell, my colleague at the Winnipeg Foundation, and he is the host of the Because and Effect podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday. And uh, just recently, Because and Effect has released its third episode, just so happens to be our third episode as well. But nonetheless, uh, Nolan, thank you so much for joining us today. I didn't realize that. Yeah, one-to-one ratio of Because Radio and Because and Effect. Hey. Yeah, we got, had it line up on the same week, perfect. right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, previously we talked uh, about your conversations with Scott Oak from CBC and Cal Barteski, who founded the Polar Bear Fund. Uh, she was your second guest. Who was on the show this week? Well, for guest number three, we have... Uh, 
fellow radio host, Ace Burpee. Um, he was fantastic. We talked all sorts of things. Mental health, he's obviously a big proponent of that. We talked uh, his sort of dedication and obligation to Winnipeg, and we talked about the Winnipeg Jets and just sort of all sorts of topics that just came up in, in the Cause and Effect podcast. And the main focus of the show, of course, is about the causes that people care about and the effect that it has on their lives. So tell us, what was Ace's cause and how did it affect him? Well, he supports lots of causes. Um, he's, uh, you know, cancer care. He was a supporter of the Winnipeg Foundation's Nourishing Potential Fund, um, Project 11 of the Winnipeg Jets. But his main f- cause that he cares about is mental health. Um, so... He has a pretty unique perspective when it comes to mental health because his mother was a, I'm not sure if exactly her position, but she worked at the Selkirk Mental Health Center, possibly as a psych nurse, and just brought Ace around to the center a lot. And he was introduced to sort of how mental health affects people at a very young age. So I think it gave him a really unique perspective. Speaking about mental health and mental illness came very easily and naturally to me, my mother worked in mental health and has her whole life. And so I was always around that issue Mm -hmm. as in on days off, I would go to Selkirk mental health center. Like, I mean, days off school, I was little. And so it was always very, very comfortable and in a very good way, normal to me as in these are not things to be ashamed about or taboo. And when I started like Years ago, I would bring up mental health things on the radio, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that that wasn't a thing. Absolutely, and that's definitely definitely a unique experience because not many people get to have that kind of understanding um, at such a young age, something that a lot of people were only getting into these conversations right now. I know for Mm -hmm. me growing up, there was a lot of stereotypes and and stigma for um, sure and it's only now that i think we're starting to have those those honest conversations about mental health well the stigma still exists today and and i said you know where i kind of made a joke like well we're halfway there the stigma's halfway kind of gone and he said he said no it's about one hundredth of the way gone there's still a long way to go um but it's all about empathy and that's kind of what ace talked about a lot is just having empathy for those that are struggling with mental health and there's no one else I've ever met that has probably more empathy than Ace does, which is which is really cool. And so Ace has a, a large platform hosting the morning show on another Winnipeg radio station. Uh, he's got a lot of followers on social media as well. Did you uh, did you talk about his reach and uh, how he's been a voice for those who who maybe don't have that voice or who are trying to speak out but aren't being heard yeah i I mean he i he or i phrase it as a voice for the voiceless and he's he's an advocate for people who either don't have a platform to speak up for themselves or just can't you know and uh he's obviously an advocate for more than just mental health in the city and in the province but the perspective so yeah when you ask if i asked him about his sort of platform i asked him if he ever kind of reflects on that power or on that message that his the power that his voice has and and his answer was really interesting even on a good day i'm still like most people are generally um feel some self-doubt and as in uh, i can never get too high (laughs) uh but when it when it works and some a message gets through then you go okay that's 
Yeah, I think maybe, I don't know. I, I think I'm still as, uh, it still feels like, no joke, this is for sure the truth, but like, feels like I just started <laughs> doing this. And so what is my cred? That's so cool. He's he's such a great guy and, and a great Winnipegger as well, always boosting the city, always yeah. trying to get us all to see things on the positive side. 100%. Um, and there's so much, there really is so much uh, on the positive side. And sometimes we, we turn away from that when we should be looking a little closely at all the great things in our city. Well said. Um, so I've listened to all three episodes, uh, including some of the recordings that are yet to, uh, to happen. So I'm excited for those as well. Um, but one thing that really stands out is the just because segment at the end of the show. So tell us about that and how that sure. works. Yeah. So at the end of every podcast, we have do- decided to, um, ask the same seven questions to each of our guests. Uh, stuff like what's the best advice you've ever been given or um, if you could give your 10-year-old self advice right now, what would you say to him or her? And um, so question number two on this list of seven questions is if money and politics and logistics were no concern at all, what's the first thing that you would do in support of the cause that you care about? In this case, mental health. Here's what Ace said. If money, politics, logistics were no issue at all, what's the first thing you would do in support of this cause? Might the impossible because it's probably not money related but just for everyone to have an understanding of what some more vulnerable parts of our city are going through Mm. and a true compassion for it whether they can do anything i don't know but i think that would be that's vague and very um wishful thinking that's such a thoughtful response and and when it what it really shows what it comes down to when it comes to these causes is empathy. That's what we were talking about before exactly. I couldn't agree more and Ace is a perfect example of someone who has empathy for something and truly truly cares about that cause. So you spoke with Ace for just about an hour uh, for the show. What was your biggest takeaway that you got out of your conversation with him? Yeah, most of the because and effects are underneath an hour. So if you want to listen to a podcast while you're driving to work or doing the dishes, or you know that's usually when I listen to my podcasts, uh, go to becauseandeffect.org and you can download all the episodes there. Uh, but uh, to answer your question about sort of my biggest takeaway from uh, Ace's conversation is... We talked a little bit about conflict and a little bit about ag- agreeing and disagreeing with people about different things. And I really liked what he had to say about how to approach someone that might not be on your side of the discussion. Here's what he had to say. I, I think maybe I can only own what I do and say. Mm. Uh, and more recently in life, I've become more of I can only run me mm-hmm. and I, that's it. And so the truth is, has been really hijacked actually. Hmm. The more I think about it, it's less about the truth and more about what the overriding sentiment is. Mm-hmm. If you truly care about whatever message it is you are supporting or behind, you'd serve yourself much better by understanding how all sides interpret it. 
So a great conversation with Ace Burpee that you can hear on the Because and Effect podcast, which is out uh, every Tuesday, a new episode. Anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, however you listen to them. Uh, and you can also go online to becauseandeffect.org for the website and for more information. And uh, to get subscribed in time for, for episode four, which will be out this Tuesday. Perfect. Nolan Bicknell is the host of Because and Effect. Nolan, thank you again for speaking speaking with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Nolan. Up next, we have the Because Radio community calendar with Winnipeg Foundation's communications coordinator, Bertine Schmitz. Uh, Bertine, what are some events taking place in Winnipeg this week? Hey, guys. So I'm really looking forward to all the amazing events happening in Winnipeg this week. I wish I could mention them all, but since we have a limited time, here's a few to look out for. First of all, everyone that knows me knows that I love me some puppies. So if you'd like to support rescue efforts in Manitoba and are looking to conserve water this summer, Manitoba Underdogs Rescue is having a rain barrel fundraiser but you better act quick because the order deadline is this Saturday. For more information, go to rainbarrel.ca slash underdogs. Next Wednesday is the 2019 Manitowabi Festival kickoff. If you're free, head to the Udina Celebration Circle at the Forks between noon and three to see the lighting of the sacred fire. Another Wednesday event to check out is the Good Neighbors Active Living Center Spring Fashion Show. See fashions from Great Finds, Lee River, Marks, and Northern Reflection. The event will be hosted by CTV's Terry Apostle, and tickets are only $15, so get yours before they're gone. And for those that are interested in learning more about wills, bequests, and leaving a lasting legacy, the Foundation will be hosting several informational sessions on how you can leave a legacy. A session will be held at Pulford Community Living Services on May 16th from 1 to 3 p.m. To learn more and to reserve a spot, call the Foundation at 204-944-9474 and ask for Pat Lilly or Jennifer Litchfield. These are just some of the great events you can expect to happen soon. Pretty awesome, am I right? That's awesome. Thanks, Bertine, for sharing those events with us. And if you'd like to have an event listed on our community calendar, email us the details to becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at MicahEhrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please feel free to visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. If you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories or Winnipeg impact makers, or if you just want to say hello, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, or you can email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. You can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sunny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend.